Welcome to this week's look at the COVID-19 headlines from the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Welcome to another week of COVID-19. Sadly, we see the numbers of cases continuing to rise and the death toll in the United States is very disheartening and distressing. Absolutely agreed. So new numbers that are coming out from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention suggesting that way, way, way many more people than we knew about have actually been infected. Yes, so that's a very interesting observation. And I agree, Elizabeth, every day a new piece of information comes out that challenges our assumptions. The Centers for Disease Control have done a very interesting study looking at seroprevalence, which meaning the amount of antibody to an infectious disease that is present in an individual. They looked at samples from nearly 12,000 cases. They demonstrated that the burden of COVID-19 may be more than 10 times greater than what we thought. They collected their samples between March and May from six regions, Connecticut, Florida, Missouri, New York City, Utah, and Washington State. It will be very interesting to see as these studies continue what the prevalence ends up being. And I think also we have seen some rapid shifting in the prevalence of cases across varying states in the United States, which really kind of emphasizes that we're still in the midst of a pandemic, that even those hot spots such as New York have really calmed and controlled the pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic is spreading to other areas and it's of real concern. What do you make of the fact that this seroprevalence is just so much higher than any of the official numbers have suggested? A lot was in the beginning where the symptoms that people were talking about really varied quite markedly. In some instances, people were not picked up. The good news might be that certainly people had a lower grade of illness and not the fulminant presentation that ended up people going to the emergency department. But I think every study that comes out, regardless whether it's a seroprevalence study or actually looking at autopsies, tell us that this virus has been with us for longer than we think and has been more entrenched, which is of real concern. In Australia, where I'm from, where there has been significant containment strategies shutting down the borders, there is this popping up of community-acquired infections. I think we still need to learn a lot about how this virus is spreading. The other factor is that we still have a long way to go in terms of achieving any sort of herd immunity. The best practices in public health, the screening and containment and control, have not been implemented universally and consistently. And so sometimes when all of these data are coming at you, and you more than anyone else will know this, sometimes it's challenging to put together a picture. We are all looking for signs for this to be over. Any sign of hope, people are grasping on that. Just today in the media, there's documentation that 80 COVID cases originated from one bar in Michigan, in spite of the fact that that bar was adhering to 
best practice recommendations. We even know in hospitals it's hard to adhere to recommendations. Taking that to anywhere where there's alcohol, where there is not optimal configuration of the environment is really challenging. This is such a long game. The best things that we can do are stay at home unless it's absolutely necessary and to really try and look at opportunities to exercise, to get out and about, to get mental space that don't involve intense congestion. Each of us and many people walk along the streets of our cities and see people eating outside in restaurants. And yes, they're outside, but they're very close to people. There's a suggestion, you know, if you're in close contact with someone who's infected for a prolonged period, all of these factors increase your risk. And people say, well, I go to Whole Foods or I go to the supermarket, but generally you're moving pretty quickly and you're not sitting next to someone for a prolonged period of time. Even though outdoors is better, we know from every day of this pandemic, new data challenges our assumptions. And that is such an incredibly good take-home message that new data is challenging our assumptions. No discussion of zero conversion as of today, I think, would be complete without an acknowledgement that many of the antibody tests that have been licensed by the FDA are deeply flawed and may miss 50% of what they're trying to detect. We've seen many examples where going too fast, not adhering to best principles and best practices has caught us short. We've even seen it in the scientific world where in the race to get information out, people haven't looked at the quality of the data and engaged in normal controls. The number of assays out there is of concern because we know that the free market will sell these to people perhaps who have the less capacity to discern them. And then the other thing that concerns me in the context of the global world is that we know fake drugs, fake vaccines is a huge issue in lower middle income countries. And we know that companies will divert to those markets when the controls and sanctions in more regulated systems become more apparent. I really hope that quickly there is a consolidation of standards. One of the great things that the WHO is doing is creating the consortium around the accelerator, trying to get people to work together rather than compete. I think even though the free market economy brings many benefits, now is a time for collaboration and coordination more than competition. That is such a great statement, but how about if we end there for this week? And that's a look at this week's COVID-19 headlines from Johns Hopkins. I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Well, thanks so much, Elizabeth, again, for keeping our listeners informed about the important issues that face us as we enter the 4th of July and there's much of the history to celebrate, that people still recognize that we're in the midst of a pandemic. Socially isolate where possible, wear a mask, wash our hands, and we individually and collectively have a responsibility to make sure that we get through this. 
So thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you.